Radio. Welcome to Thursday afternoon here on WABC Talk Radio 77. This is James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you. If you'd like to join the program, 800-848-WABC is the number to call. That's 800-848-9222. Let us start today with our mayor, Eric Adams. The more... uh, Every week that goes by, this man becomes a bigger disappointment. And today is perhaps one of the the days that is most disappointing with the new mayor. Today, Mayor Eric Adams exempted the city's athletes and performers. So the entertainment class and the sports class were exempt from New York's COVID-19 vaccine mandate. There have been weeks of news stories about the Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving, who was not playing home games because he refused to get vaxxed. So today at City Field, joined by executives from the Mets and the Yankees, Mayor Eric Adams let it be known that he was signing an exemption, a waiver, a pass for professional athletes and for other entertainers. The mayor said being healthy is not just about being physically healthy, but being economically healthy. He prefaced his move by saying, I'm going to make some tough choices. People are not going to agree with some of them. I must move this city forward. Generals lead from the front. I was not elected to be fearful, but to be fearless. This isn't fearless. This is this is discriminatory, and it's ridiculous. There's nothing fearless about it. In fact, it's rather cowardly, Mr. Mayor. But I'll get to that in a moment. The city's sweeping vaccine mandates, which led to the firings of more than 1,400 city employees, will still apply to both municipal and private sector workers. So you see, those who work for the city and those who work in private enterprises around and in the city are still not exempt from these mandates. However, The mayor just elevated two classes of people that apparently he holds in higher regard than the citizens that trudge day in and day out in and out of New York City to make this city function. But no, to this mayor, traveling athletes who come here to play a game, to bounce a ball and put a ball through a hoop, or to sing, to dance, However it is to entertain people, their lives are more important. Their economic lives are more important to Mayor Eric Adams than yours. Those of you who do the real work of keeping this city going. This is a disgrace. This is not logical. This is asinine. During a question and answer session with reporters, Mayor Adams said he didn't plan to rehire any of the fired municipal workers, saying the issue had been litigated in the courts. So you see, screw you. Those of you who work for the city, screw you. And even now, screw you some more.
Let us talk about some of these city workers. Before there was a vaccine, many of these city workers worked in the health department. They subjected themselves to being around sick people at the risk of their own lives. And they did it, and they didn't complain about it. They did it. And when this vaccine came out, with all the promises that he COVID story, these liberals and progressives around the quarry of the country decided, oh, no, we've got to make everybody take one regardless. If your religious beliefs conflicted with that, screw your religious beliefs, even though they're constitutionally protected. If your health condition, for instance, if you had suffered a disease that was not consistent with taking a vaccine, Mayor Adams, Mayor de Blasio, Joe Biden, Jen Psaki, and every other liberal you can think of said, screw you, we don't care about your health, you either do as we say or we'll fire you. And when some people rejected the idea that they were being told by their government that they have to insert something in their body that has not had long-term testing, they were fired. Even though some of these people were some of the most courageous people that this city has ever seen, especially that we've ever seen since 9-11. And this, this, this mayor this pontificating GQ model decides right now that that it's okay for the chosen people, the athletes and the entertainers, who, by the way, are big donors to the Democrat Party usually, it's okay for them not to have to abide by the rules, but everybody else must. And if you were one of those people that the city fired, screw you, don't even bother coming to get your job back. Only the athletes and the sports figures and the entertainers are worth the governor's pleasure, the mayor's pleasure in all of this. And he says that this is his leadership. He's leading from the front like a good general. No, mayor, a good general doesn't just protect his elite troops. A good general protects all of his troops, and you're throwing the people that are your troops under the bus. That's not leadership. It's cowardice. You're too afraid that your liberal mainstream press will jump on you if you say, you know what, this vaccine mandate makes no sense. Let me get rid of it for everybody. If it makes enough sense, for the private sector, if it makes enough sense that city workers have to abide by it, why doesn't it make enough sense that athletes coming in this town and athletes who are employed in this town have to abide by it? If it makes sense, why do entertainers get the magic bullet pass and no one else does? This is cowardice. This mayor talks a good game. He has a different suit, different tie almost every day. Looks like he stepped out of the pages of GQ. There's been nobody, nobody that looks as highly polished as this mayor when he steps out in front of the cameras. 
But those suits are empty because there's no real measure of logical policy coming out of this man's mouth. All these promises of what he's going to do to fix crime. Crime hasn't been fixed. This mayor never addresses what's really behind the violence in this city. He was the other day talking about he's going to go visit his mayors all around the country so he and his mayors can get a hold of the guns that are plaguing the cities. It's not the guns. It's the culture of the people that are using the guns that has to be addressed. And in the meantime, you can't keep leaving crooks revolving through the doors of justice, going in for one heinous assault and then walking out the next afternoon. You want to show some courage? You want to lead like a general, Mr. Mayor? Fix that. Has the nerve to talk about being healthy is not just about being physically healthy but being economically healthy. What the hell are you doing, Mr. Mayor, to provide for anybody's economic health? How about the economic health of those people who have to work with their blood, sweat, and tears in the menial jobs? Why don't you care about their economic health? Why do you only care about the economic health of athletes and multi-million dollar entertainers and multi-million dollar athletes? Why don't you care about the economic health of the little guy? The people that have to get on these subways that you refuse to make safe. The people that have to get on these buses, the people that have to walk into their apartments not knowing if there's some cretin that your liberal district attorneys have left out, let out of jail that are getting ready to bash them in the head. And he has a nerve to sit here and say, generals lead from the front. What the hell would you know about leadership? This is not leadership. It is cowardice. Now, the Mets and the Yankees may be applauding you, and maybe they'll roll out the red carpet for you at Yankee Stadium and at City Field, but guess what? The everyday people who you fired are not going to ever forget your cowardice. The everyday people in this city that are not getting a pass from these insane mandates, are not going to forget what a coward you are, a political coward. You won't take on the mainstream press because they all advocate for these insane mandates. You won't take on Joe Biden and these left-wing progressives because they all advocate for these vaccine mandates the same way they advocated that everybody has to wear masks except for them when they want to go out somewhere and party. This isn't about science. This is about politics. And that's all it's about. We've got much more to cover. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. Coming back right after this. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC.
Unchain my heart. Ray Charles brings it back. Here on WABC Talk Radio 77 New York. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Ray Charles. First of all, that was just an amazing performance. By Jamie. Is it Jamie Foxx? Yeah. It was an amazing performance. But I didn't know until I watched that movie what a force Ray Charles was in changing the music industry during his days. I knew he was a remarkable talent. But what a great businessman as well. Now, I just want to make something clear about my criticism of the mayor. You know, yes, I'm a conservative. Yes, most of the time when I look at the history of Democrats and liberals in this country and what they've done to this country, they sicken me. Their policies sicken me. Not them personally, well, some cases, yes, but more their policies sicken me because they've been detrimental to almost every single city that they run and have run for the past century. However, all of that said, I want this mayor to succeed. Because if Mayor Adams succeeds, New York will be safe again. People will be able to walk the streets in New York without fearing for their lives. If this mayor succeeds, it means that that there will be changes made to the education bureaucracy in New York that will finally address the generationally failing schools in too many of the neighborhoods in New York. If this mayor succeeds, it would mean that finally people could drive their cars in the outer boroughs of New York without feeling like they're driving through some third world country because the streets are in such bad shape. If this mayor were to succeed, it would mean that the homeless problem would be mitigated and that people in this country, in this city, would get the mental health care that they deserve because they can't do that for themselves. If this mayor were to succeed, it would mean that economic opportunity wouldn't be just enjoyed by the people on Wall Street and in the financial sector, but prosperity would come to all verticals of businesses in New York, and there would be so many more opportunities for small businessmen and women. If this man were to succeed, it would mean that some of the ridiculous policies put in place by Governor Andrew Cuomo that locked down the economy of New York would be finally set right. I don't care that he's a Democrat. I care for the people of New York and New Jersey and Connecticut and Pennsylvania and of our country. I am a partisan. I am a very partisan person. That said, I honestly want this mayor to succeed because if he succeeds, it means the lives of people 
in this city and around this city would dramatically improve. I don't want this to continue where you have a culture that is allowed to fester in this city that crimes, criminals, drugs, the street life is glorified. I want a mayor that is capable of standing up on his two feet and addressing these neighborhoods. You want to talk about taking courage? That's what takes courage, to stand up and tell the African-American community in New York, the Hispanic community in New York, and other people in New York that they have to succeed if they want to have a better life. And if the government can't do it for them, they must take part in this process themselves that they must turn away from having their children, allowing their children to grow up illiterate or functionally illiterate, that they have to take part in making sure that their children don't turn to a life of crime, that crime is not something that should be glorified, that living the street life means nothing but misery and prison and jail and dysfunction. We need a mayor that understands how to talk with people that traditional Democrats are unwilling to talk to and to be honest with them. I want this mayor to be that mayor. He would have the credibility to do it. I want this mayor to succeed. But every week, This mayor disappoints more and more. If he spent half as much time really delving into the problems of this city as he does getting dressed in front of his mirror and making sure that everything is immaculate and to perfection, we'd all be better off. This idea that athletes, that athletes, and showbiz entertainers are more important than the men and women who work for this city, the men and women who work in this city. Whether you're a private sector or a municipal employee, this is insulting beyond measure. And if he really were the big general that he claims he would, he'd reverse this discriminatory policy. I doubt that that will happen. Supreme Court, the witnesses, this, this is the boring day of the, uh, of, of the Senate Judiciary hearings. This is the day, you know, I used to watch these hearings every second I could of them. And this day when they finally turned to the witnesses is the one I used to say, okay, enough of this crap and tune out. The left in this country are still upset beyond measure because, well, let me find the headline. Here it is from the editorial board of the Amazon Prime Washington Post. Opinion. Republicans boast they have not pulled a Kavanaugh. In fact, they've treated Jackson worse. Now, this is such patent bullshit. Um, this, they asked this woman about her track record. 
That's all they did. They did not bring somebody from her past to smear and muddy her name with lies, with false allegations. They didn't pry into her sex life and try to make things up about her sex life. They didn't try to attack her religion. Oh, don't tell me Lindsey Graham asked about her religion. He did, but he wasn't attacking her. And they both agreed there's no religious litmus test for being on the Supreme Court. Now, liberals are going to continue this. They're going to continue to say that Judge Jackson faced a hostile Republican and it was worse than it was worse than Kavanaugh. No, it wasn't. Republicans don't have the onions to do to Democrats what Democrats do to Republican nominees. And yesterday, there's a story in AmericanWireNews.com about how Spartacus went drama mama on it again, and he and and uh, the nominee were crying as he makes drama over her race and her gender. And yes, that's all Democrats do. It's all race. It's all gender all the time. As I said to you yesterday, and I'll say it again, the Democrats, including Joe Biden, made a very big deal that they had to have a black woman. She has to be black. She has to be a woman. They made a big deal out of gender and race. And yet, when Republicans question her about racial matters, then they have a hissy fit. Then they get their panties in a wad. Oh, you're doing something wrong. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this judge shouldn't never have to face this. Oh, yes, she should. There's a big story today about the elite D.C. prep school that she's on the board of. $40,000 a year tuition. You going to send your kids there? $40,000 a year tuition for grade school. And our soon-to-be new justice has raved about the progressive curriculum that they have. Well, that includes they had a a transgender day of visibility last year. Now, this school, this, this school for young kids, a lot of the powerful liberals' kids go there, like Eric Holder's. Some of the D.C. council people. Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall's kids attended the school. So it was altogether appropriate that Republicans ask questions about this school. She's on the board of director. It is altogether appropriate that they asked her about her rulings and sentencing of child pornographers and child pedophiles and pedophiles. Pedophiles implies child, no, yes. They should have asked these questions. They did nothing wrong in asking her about her track record. Now, she could get as pissed as she wants to, and she did yesterday. Little flashes of anger came out. She can get as angry as she wants to get. This is fair game. And if you don't want your record talked about, don't accept the nomination. Because Democrats historically go through every single inch of a Republican's record, and when they can't find something, then they turn to sleaze, slime, mudslinging, lies, distortions, 
innuendo, and fakery. The Republicans did none of that to Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. She was treated with respect. Was she asked tough questions? You betcha. A little Sarah Palin language. You betcha. But she was not lied about. She was not smeared. Nobody brought in a Coke can and accused her of plucking out one of her pubic hairs and putting it on it. Nobody brought somebody from her past in there to lie about that she was some kind of sexual deviant when she was a teenager. None of that happened. And none of it would happen. So when you Democrats complain, just keep complaining. Because I hope over the rest of the countries like me, and that we don't care how much you complain about this, because you have nothing. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, back with you. Your call's coming up soon. Don't you dare go away. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. I love this next story with a passion. Former President Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, baby, true. This is so cool, right? Yeah, WABC Talk Radio 77. Okay, this next story, I love, I love, I love this story. I hope you do too. Former President Donald J. Trump is suing Hillary Rodham Clinton, the Democrat National Committee. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and several others over allegations that his 2016 campaign colluded with Russia. Russia. And the complaint says the actions taken in furtherance of their scheme, falsifying evidence, deceiving law enforcement, exploiting access to highly sensitive data sources are so outrageous, subversive, and incendiary that even the events of Watergate pale in comparison. Hey, do you hear that, Bob Woodward? This is worse than Watergate. The complaint alleges that the former president, Donald J. Trump, has suffered at least $24 million in damages in addition to the loss of present and future business due to Hillary Rodham Clinton, the Democrat National Committee, and others. Now, why do I love this so much? This is not payback. This is fight back. For years, for years, 
decades, the Republican Party has been taking it on the chin from Democrat schemes, their tricks, their use of the deep state to thwart them even when they do get into governance, and Republicans to the chagrin of people who send them there, the voters, the base. Republicans sit and do nothing. They take it. They put their their tail between their legs, they bend over, and then they scurry away and talk about we need to reach across the aisle. We need to play nice. This is why the base of the party fell in love with Donald J. Trump, because for once they found somebody that is willing to stand up and fight these people and their evil designs politically on Republicans and their evil policy designs on the United States of America. I hope, I hope that not only this lawsuit succeeds, but I hope this is a turning point, a lesson for Republicans in how to fight back. Congratulations, President Trump, on taking this step. Let us head to the telephones. Let's go to Glenn, Edison, New Jersey. Welcome, WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. about Snurdly. Yeah, Bo, how you doing? Good. You hear me? Yep. Yeah, my, my son just stopped, stopped over. He's a big uh, net fan. I, have, I was asking him about Kylie Irvin not playing, but he's uh, able to go in the stands and stuff like that. And he goes, yeah, it's because the Nets didn't give Eric Adams enough money. Then it, I said, let me look this up. Hedge fund manager and New York Mets owner Steve Cohen gave $1.5 million to Adams' political action committee when he was running for mayor. I mean, well, 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 what do you know? And all of a sudden, the athletes get a break from the vaccine mandate. So the Mets and the Yankees and this event today was held where? At City Field, home of the New York Mets. The Yankees trudged over there. The Yankee executives came over to Queens. Well, well, well. Glenn, what do you think about that? $1.5 million donations that you say went to Eric Adams' political action committee from the Mets. I mean, nobody's talking about it. No, I just found out about it today, and I, I, I follow the news and stuff like that. Well, you're talking about it, and now because of you, a whole lot of other people will be talking about it. So thank you for the call. Let's go to Joe in Queens. Joe, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden. How are you this afternoon, Joe? Good, Bo. First time, long time. I just wanted to touch upon this uh, ridiculous uh, mandate of ours and Mr. Uh, Eric Adams. Yes, you're absolutely right. I agree. It's a, a, a big F you uh, to the 1,500 city employees that we lost over this ridiculous mandate. I myself am a civil servant for the last 34 years. Now, I just want to mention one thing. It's a double standard. 
right? But what happens to the entertainers and the professional athletes? How come they weren't terminated? How come their contracts weren't terminated? But these 1,500 city employees that were terminated lost pensions, lost medical benefits. How come that doesn't apply to these entertainers and athletes? Because they're better than you. Because they're a better class of people than you. They dress better than you. They have more money than you. They glitter in the in in the glow of celebrity, and you don't. You're just a working class scum, according to Democrats, like like Mayor Adams. You are the people. They don't even want to be around you. They don't want you in the restaurants when they come to dinner. They don't want you breathing the same air that they breathe. They are better than you. Working man's nothing but a sucker. And one last thing, that $1.5 million, to me, is nothing but a shakedown. Bo, have a nice day. Thank you for the call, and you have a good day, too. And I appreciate it. All any, Let me just open the, open the phone lines, not just today, because we have a lot of calls today. Any other day that you want to talk about it, any municipal worker, I don't care what your point of view is. You could agree with me. You can disagree with me. You can think that the vaccine mandates should have been employed. You can think that Mayor Adams did a wonderful thing by exempting the athletes and the entertainers. I welcome you to call any of you. And also, by the way, tell your friends about this program and encourage them to listen. Because one thing here, we have honest debate. We have liberals that call here and they get treated wonderfully. Because we love hearing their point of view, too. Everyone's going to get respected on our airwaves. And we want to hear from everyone. So if you have a point of view about this, give us a holler. But you, and, and, and I'm not going to hide what I think. Not one bit. And I think that this move from Eric Adams is pure cowardice. And I think it's asinine. And I think Mayor Adams is turning into a major disappointment for any, for those people who supported him, he is turning quickly into the same kind of mayor that David Dinkins was, the same kind of mayor that Abe Beam was. I think right now, if people knew the history of this mayor and what we've seen, if they could have another John Lindsay back, they'd take him. If they could have Rudy Giuliani sitting in City Hall again, they'd love to do it. If they could have Mayor Koch back. God rest his soul. They take him in a heartbeat. Anyway, we got to take a break. We're coming back. More of your calls when we get back. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. And we are coming back to more of your phone calls right after this. Bo knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. W A B C Talk Radio 77. This is the original Spando Ballet. True. So true. Funny how it seems. Always in time, but never in line for dreams. 
I remember the first time I heard this song, I wigged. I mean, it sounded retro even then. But it was just done so well. And of course, it became a huge hit for them. Yeah, we have to get to the chorus. I'm sorry. Remember, John Katz comes up next after this program, Katz at Night. I never get tired of hearing this song. It's, thank you so much. Uh, let's head back to the telephones and um, let us see. Let's go to Wilton, Connecticut with John. John, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. James, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Okay, I wanted to talk about the Democrats' solution to gun violence. You know, for as long as I can remember, every time there's a shooting incident, the first thing they say is, we have to get the guns. We have to get the guns. They never talk about, we need to get the guys that pull the trigger. So, I mean, what they do, it's like the definition of insanity. They say the same thing and nothing happens. They do it over and over. Instead of, you know, like you had said, you have to address the culture. And you also have to put an appropriate punishment to it. That will deter it. Not that you're never going to stop illegal guns. You know, when I was even look, when I was I I remember speaking to um, I forgot who it was. One of my friends who was from the South. And he's my age, and he said when he was young that he and his friends used to get this, and this is real. He said they used to take their guns to school, their rifles, and store their their locker, and after school was out, they'd all go hunting. And this was just, you know, considered nobody thought anything of it. And I thought, you think about that. How was that possible? It was because there was a shared contract, a shared moral contract in the community. People knew that killing was wrong. And you had a moral obligation to do the right thing that was taught from parent to child. Now, obviously, there are going to be people who break the rules. There are going to be people who who, as we say, sin, or who don't live up to that moral commitment. But for the most part, that is what the society was like, because there were shared values. There was none of this business that glorified criminal behavior. In fact, it was shunned. And if you were a criminal or you had a criminal past, people would talk about they didn't even, it was hard to get a date, because people did not want to mix with a family that was considered not of good stock. And that included their moral fabric. These, you have in the media, this glorification of violence, this glorification of villainy, of criminality, and if anybody understands what's happening culturally inside rap, some rap music, drill music, inside the movies that that kids are being pummeled with, inside social media, 
what you know, what's the common denominator? The common denominator is an absence of morality, an absence of righteousness as an ideal to live for. In fact, if you start talking about righteousness, people look at you like you're the kook, like you're the idiot. If you're talking about living a righteous, a virtuous life. Oh my gosh, listen to that throwback. Well, this is what you get when you have a society like that. And until this mayor, and until the mayors of these other blue cities, and the governors of these states address the culture, and then also address this revolving door that lets criminals out of jail to pray and prisons to prey on the citizens and address the mentally ill in our society, it's not going to change. Let us go to Joanne in New Jersey. Joanne, welcome. Thank you for waiting. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. Hi, Joanne. Hey, Mr. Golden. I, I really love your show. And, Thank you. Um, I appreciate your candor and common sense on every issue. It's really refreshing. So, Thank you. Um, reason I'm calling was because I had this idea in my head for a while about January 6th, so apologize for going backwards in time. But no, no, honey, it's I okay. I was just thinking, okay, <laughs> that, um, you know, President Trump was making a speech, and what if he had said during that speech, I'd like all um, employees of the federal government to stay here to talk to me, and the rest of you can go ahead and proceed peacefully to the Capitol building. And that way, if there was anyone from the FBI there who may have been undercover trying to stir things up, trying not to be peaceful, then they would have to obey the commander-in-chief, right? No. They, these are the people in the FBI who tried to uh, participate in the coup against the commander-in-chief. The FBI is not what we all think it is, folks. I know we have this image of the FBI as some sort of, uh, as the, the J. Edgar Hoover image of it, why the G-men are there to protect American values. The current makeup of the FBI, you have a lot of great agents there, and I don't want to demean them, and I don't want to say anything bad about, and I know some agents of the FBI who would just stand up people. But we also should recognize that there is, within the FBI, a number of agents who are rogue. And these agents flourished before during the time of Obama, and some of them were involved in the coup attempt, the political coup attempt against Donald Trump. Now, I've been saying for ages and ages, I think the problem with the FBI goes deeper than that. If you go back through the uh, problems that they had at the FBI laboratory for years and years. We were told that this was the best place to send all the evidence because it was, and then it turned out not to be. If you go back further than that, you go back and look in the 70s, the 80s. If you go back to the civil rights movement, the FBI was doing, were doing things that were absolutely against the law and illegal. Spying on American citizens they had no business to spy on, infiltrating groups under one cover. What like Panthers then, was just illegal and immoral. And I'm never going to forget it. Yes, I am all for law enforcement. I love the people that enforce the law in this country. They take their lives in their hands for us. But I'm also not going to turn the blind eye to the behavior of some of the people that pretend to be law enforcement agencies when they're actually crooks and criminals themselves. 
If I had my way, J. Edgar Hoover's name would be stripped off that building and never put on another building. In and he, This man, this man, J. Edgar Hoover, blacked male politicians. He blackmailed civil rights leaders. He spied on American citizens. He kept private dossiers that he would use against some of the most powerful men in the country. This guy was a crook. And J. Edgar Hoover shouldn't be honored. His name should be in disgrace. And before he came to the FBI, I read a bio of him. And what he did to illegal, what he did to Italian immigrants in this country, huh, there is a history there that will probably never make it to the big screen. But it's disgraceful. Now, I also know what you're saying, that you think the January 6th um, uh, incident happened, that there was some instigators. That theory has come up. And I don't know what to make of any of it. I'm looking at these January 6th trials. I will say this. What happened at the nation's capital should not have happened. People that go in rioting should be punished to the full extent of the law. Period. It was wrong. However, this was not an insurrection, as Democrats claim it was. It was a spontaneous, as far as I can see, or planned, if I can't see what's happening, mob attack. And and the political ramifications of it, Democrats are loving everything that is coming of, of this. Frank, we have one minute. Lake Hopkins, and thank you, Joanne. Frank, please, right to your point. Great show, uh, James. Uh, things in New York City are not going to get better, not under Adams. Uh, it's going to take... The next mayor, hopefully Republican, maybe independent, will be hopefully an independent or a Republican who is either African-American or Hispanic. The Republican Party has got to wake up and get a solid performer to be the next mayor in New York. Uh, Adams is going to fail miserably. You know, I love Curtis Lewa, uh, but I don't think he had the chops to be a good mayor. You have the chops to be a good mayor. You are <laughs> awesome. You should run for mayor. <laughs> you know what? I would make a horrible mayor because I don't have the temperament to become a mayor. And you, one of the things you have to do, you have to know yourself. Okay, I'd last in that job about two minutes before somebody said something to me and get cursed out. And it, I just don't have the temperament for it. I don't have the patience for it. I don't have the temperament for it. And I also don't have the knowledge or the patience to deal with some of the issues that mayors have to deal with, like going through the budget. I would be a terrible mayor. But I tell you what, I would be a great asset to the right mayor. (laughs) Anyway, look, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, New York. We are all New York City, and we are in the greatest country the world has ever beheld, and that is the United States of America. May God bless each and every one of you and protect you and your families and look with special favor on those suffering from evil Russia in the Ukraine. We'll be back tomorrow. Cats up next. Bye.